Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast. My name is Daryl Mathers. I'm with my co-host Chris Bovey. Welcome. And uh, we are at the Mental Health for All Conference, uh, which is being hosted by CMHA. And uh, as we have all week, we've been uh, interviewing and chatting with interesting people with uh, doing interesting things in mental health. And it's kind of kind of neat, even though we've been it's a national conference, and we've been trying to to talk to a little bit of uh, everyone. We seem to have an East Coast focus. There's a flavor. There seems There's to be, an East Coast yeah. Today, there seems yeah. to be everybody we talk to is uh, from the East Coast, including our guest Lee Thomas. Um, and you're from My Definition. Yeah, I'm here with My Definition. So My Definition is a poster campaign. Um, it's an anti-stigma poster campaign. The posters are designed to look like dictionary definitions. So they have a photo of a person, and then the person writes out three things that do define them, and one thing which is about their mental health, which is a part of them but doesn't define them. And that's our tagline: is My mental health is a part of me, but it does not define me. That's great. So how did that start? How did uh, this poster campaign come to be? So the slightly longer story, I'm not going <laughs> to give you the longest story, but the sure. slightly longer story is I'm a person who lives with mental health issues and I grew up in a very small town in northern Alberta where no one talked about mental health issues. So everything I learned about mental health I learned from TV and the internet. So if there was a character, you know, on TV who had bipolar disorder like I do, they didn't have bipolar disorder and were a loving daughter and were a friend and were an interesting person. They they were the character with bipolar mm-hmm. disorder. Like that's that's all of who they were and that was like a plot device and it's what defined them. And that, even when I was really sick, that wasn't what I experienced. I was still this real, whole, unique person, even though I had mental health issues. And so my definition really stemmed out of that. Um, it started through the, the student union because I was... Um, on the student union when I was in university. So it started through there. And we just wanted to give people an opportunity to tell their own stories without really an agenda, mm. aside from showing that people are real, whole, unique, dynamic, interesting human beings, as well as people who have mental health issues, that those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Wow. I, I, I find it interesting in your bio in the conference program, you know, you kind of talk about the origins of the program. And I was furious to the way that mental health issues were represented in the media. Like, you really got a sense that, you know, that you'd had, knowing what you know now, that was kind of unacceptable yeah. looking back. And I think it's easy, even at conferences like this, to kind of get in this, this echo chamber, this bubble where we really do think that, that the stigma has been reduced and it has been in a lot of places, but in a lot of places that stigma is still very much there where people don't want to talk about their mental health because if they, if they say that they have depression, then everyone around them is like, oh, that's the person who has depression. That's, that's, that's who they are. And mm. everything else we know about them is irrelevant because they are the person with depression, capital letters, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so I do a lot of work in smaller communities where saying things like, you don't have to be ashamed of your mental health or everyone has mental health is for some people a really new concept and a really new topic. And so mental, or my definition is very much a, a 101 sort of thing where we can have kind of that introductory conversation about people with mental health issues are people first and foremost. Whereas in some communities we can, in some areas and some professions, we can have more complex conversations than that. Whereas my definition is kind of way for people to dip their toe in the water mm-hmm. a little bit. So you, you have, a, I mean, a connection to post-secondary and in doing that work, do, do you see, I mean, in, a lot of post-secondary institutions, they may be investing in mental health, but 
it's all over the map. There's no consistent model of, of, to support post-secondary students that are dealing with mental health issues. That's 100% the case. Um, after I graduated from university, I got a job with a, you know, when you're a student, you get a student health and dental plan. I got a job with a health and dental plan provider. And my job was to work with all of the organizations that, that got their insurance from us and look at how we can improve their mental health services. And there were some schools that I couldn't believe how wonderful their mental health services were. And then there were some schools that didn't have a counselor. Mm. Um, so it really does vary. And I really liked um, the speaker yesterday who talked about the postal code lottery because I'd never thought of it exactly that way, but it is so true that, you know, we talk about Canada having universal health care and everyone gets access to equitable treatment, but that's not the case. A lot of it does depend on where you live and even where you go to school, which is unfair. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because we've had... Uh, some military people with people with military backgrounds on the podcast before and their experiences could not be more different you know one one uh, i remember bruno was saying like he got the help he needed when he needed it and it, it was it was there for him and then somebody else is a completely different experience it's it's kind of amazing that you say postal code lottery because i wasn't in that presentation but it sound it, it's so true that you know it based on where you live or the what you're going through at that time or who you even talk to on the phone can impact the kind of care you receive oh absolutely and it does come down to kind of this really unique chemical mix of where you live and what resources are available and who you are as a person what your family is like and what your friends are like what your and diagnosis so, is yeah. and what your diagnosis is exactly because there is and we kind of don't like to say this, but someone kind of has to say it. there is a big difference in the diagnosis that you have in the way that people will respond to it. Mm -hmm. Like some mental health issues are more stigmatized than others. And I don't think it's useful to use that to compare people like, oh, well, I face more stigma than you do. But I mm -hmm. think we have to be realistic in that it's easier to talk about certain mental health issues than others. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we talk about it all the time where it, it, you can't just say mental illness stigma because it does vary. And, and, and I think people can accept it as long as it's comfortable for them. So we talked about, you know, some of the famous faces. I know Michael Landsberg was here and some of, you know, the Bell Let's Talk. And, and people are okay with that, and you know, or, or maybe anxiety or maybe some dementia. But once we get into psychotic disorders yeah. or certain things, then it's like it's a different, different I can, comfort I'm okay zone. until I get to this level. So yeah. it's not consistent, as you say. Well, that was because I was diagnosed with depression before I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And I felt like I came to terms with being diagnosed with depression fairly easily because I was at a post-secondary institution where I was like, oh, everyone has depression. Like, we're, we're all 20-somethings. We're all depressed. Um, and then I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and I was like, oh, that's one of the bad ones. So mm -hmm. I had that internalized stigma without even really being aware that I had it. And I think, like, I work a lot with eating disorders as well, and that's, that's part of my background. And there's a lot of stigma around what I call... Where, where there's the illusion of choice. That's what I call yeah, it. So uh, stuff like addictions and phrase. stuff like eating disorders where people yeah. are like, well, you can just you can just choose just to not do that. Yeah. Just eat something yeah. or just, you know, don't eat that or just don't take that drug or whatever it is. And exactly. it's like that's, that's not really how it works. But there's this illusion that that's, you know, that's how it works. Yeah. Exactly. We see the same thing with our forensic program. Yeah. We're dealing with people that have complex and severe mental illness people are comfortable with uh, like you said certain levels of, of illness but but nothing that gets messy yeah you know? so I was, I was interested in if there's a perspective in, in dealing with different post-secondary institutions do you see there's a difference um, on the uptake say on my definition from geographically or smaller universities to larger universities is, is there 
Is there a pattern at all or no? Is it all Well, it's much bigger on the East Coast because that's where it started. So I think a little bit of of it is like word of mouth and where you've seen it at a conference and that sort of thing. Um, Unfortunately, my definition is one of those things that a lot of the schools that it's at are schools that have already made mental health a priority in some way. And so I would love to be getting into those schools where like it's really desperately needed and that conversation has to start. But schools know that if you start that conversation about mental health there is no there's no stemming that flow like once mm-hmm. once it's out there it's out there yeah. and that means a lot of responsibility for those schools to take on right like all of a sudden oh if these people are talking about mental health then they're going to demand more services mm-hmm. and so schools that don't want to provide those services are obviously not going to take me up on having a my definition mm-hmm. campaign and that's the challenge i mean we we see a lot of times the people that reach out for resources are you're sort of preaching to the choir they're already invested um well, even when we, we, you know, we're involved with other organizations with the TAMI program and those student leaders come and they learn, but how do you reach the, the unreachable, the people, you know, like that necessarily actually need the help that don't reach out for it? Because that's, that's, that's an uncharted territory we need to find new ways to get, a, get connected to. Yeah, and I think, I mean, this was something I was even looking at in this conference is Mental Health for All. Um, but we have to look at who's not at the table right now, right? Like mm-hmm. who who is not here? Who are we seeing as experts and who are we not seeing as experts? And that's, I, I wrote my thesis on epistemology around trans issues. Um, so who's allowed to, to be a knower of things? Who's allowed to be an expert? And that's something that I'm constantly thinking about, even in a room like this where we're all like, you know, people with lived experience are an expert. How many people with lived experience are on the stage right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in no way meant to call out this conference, but we just have to be aware every time we sit at a table, there's people who aren't sitting at that table and why aren't they there and what can we do to get them to that table? Mm-hmm. Or we have to go to their table. Or we have to go to <laughs> yeah. their table, right. exactly. Yeah. Getting back to some of the work you do, you mentioned when we chatted yesterday that you're, you've been in Ontario and a few different places. Where have you been? Um, so we've launched the My Definition campaign at Trent Durham University, um, at Algoma University, and we're working on one at Lakehead. Okay. And I feel like I'm missing one. And I feel really <laughs> bad about that. But yeah, we've we've been at a number of schools in in Ontario, so we're kind of slowly moving further west out of New nice. Brunswick. So if people want to learn more about your program, how do they how do they do that? Uh, they can go to mydefinition.ca um, or leethomas.ca, L-E-E-T-H-O-M-A-S.ca. I'm super easy to find on the internet. So if you okay. search my definition or Lee Thomas, you're gonna you're gonna find me eventually. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It was a pleasure having you, and enjoy the rest of the conference. Fabulous. Thanks for having me. We know the path we walk together begins.